What is the cure for OCD? Is it therapy, medication, deep brain stimulation? Is there even a cure for OCD? Or is it just a lifelong affliction? My name's Kate, and I'm gonna answer those questions coming up in this episode. All you have to do is slide into my DX. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. We're on episode three, still talking about OCD. For some reason, keep going on in a rhyme. Thing is going to end though. So this week, I'm going to be focusing on treatments for OCD. And I say this week because it's going to be a two-part episode. This episode is going to be focusing on medication and therapy, the traditional uh, cognitive behavioral therapies. The next episode is going to be focused on more intensive treatments. So let's just jump right into it. First off, medication. The most common medication that is used to treat OCD is an SRI or a serotonin reuptake inhibitor. And what a serotonin reuptake inhibitor does is it tells the brain to stop absorbing and breaking down the chemical messenger serotonin. If you remember from the last episode, I talked about serotonin and its role as a chemical messenger relaying information to different parts of the brain. Now, research doesn't know exactly why SRIs help people with OCD. They just know it works. They do know that an SRI affects the brain by increasing the amount of serotonin that's available, which can then allow for more information to be communicated throughout the brain. Now, most medications that are used to treat OCD are classified as antidepressants. And that's just basically because when the medication is initially put out, that's what it's uh, advertised to treat for. That's not to say, though, that all medications can treat OCD. There's only some that are shown to be effective. And some have been specifically studied to treat OCD, including Prozac or Fluoxetine, as its generic name, and Lexapro, also its generic name, Escitalopram. There are also some medications that, while they haven't been specifically researched to be used as a treatment for OCD, uh, there have been individual cases that show that they also help. One of those is Cymbalta or Duloxetine. One thing to note about medications is that no drug is going to be just a magic quick fix. Oftentimes, it can take even three months for medications' real effects to show. Along with this, it's hard to know which medication will work for a person. And really, with any mental health disorder, you'll often have to try a few different medications to see which one works. Now, there is the possibility of doing a genetic test, which can determine whether some medications will be effective, but that can sometimes be expensive and it's not always covered by insurance. Another thing to note is that there will always be side effects. They may just be mild, but when deciding on a medication, you have to weigh the benefits over the side effects and whether the medication is truly helping and you're willing to deal with the side effects or if the side effects are just causing more problems on their own. Now, one last thing I want to say about medication is that, yes, it sucks having to take medication. It sucks having to remember to take it every day, to have to buy it, but sometimes that's necessary to have a good quality of life. Now, In some cases, maybe you'll have to take medication for a year 
or two. Other times, it might have to be the rest of your life. And while you might say, that's not fair, I don't want to have to take medication forever, there is no cure for OCD. And medication is a treatment that can be necessary in order to have a good quality of life. And I had a doctor that used a good analogy where she said, people with diabetes don't really want to have to take their insulin every day. But they do because they want to be able to live and they want to have a good quality of life. And that's kind of a similar case with OCD, where in some cases when you do have to take medication and medication is really what's helping, taking a low dose every day for the rest of your life may be what you need to do in order to have a good quality of life. And I want to reiterate, though, that in not all cases, you're going to have to take medication the rest of your life. It's possible that doing therapy can reduce the need for medication. I want you to imagine your biggest, most anxiety-inducing fear. For some of you, it might be spiders, heights. For me, I kind of have a little bit of a fear of uh, monkeys and apes. Don't ask me why. It might be the Wizard of Oz flying monkeys. Either way, I don't like them. But imagine your fear. Now, imagine having to jump right into it, where that's grabbing a spider, climbing a giant tree, looking a monkey straight in the face. And it sounds scary, right? And it is. It's your fear. But that's basically what's necessary for someone to treat their OCD. So there's a few therapies that are used to treat OCD. But first, I'm going to be talking about the gold standard cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT. And that's usually what's used. The CBT is basically a little bit of an overarching grouping for therapies that deal with changing thoughts and how those thoughts affect behaviors. Now, one of the therapies that comes within the group of CBT is exposure response prevention. And that's the main one that's used to treat OCD. Exposure response prevention, or ERP, is a therapy that seeks to have the individual face their fear head on, so to speak. Now, when a person does ERP, they're exposed to the stimulus, and the goal is to not act on the compulsion that they want to. The whole goal of ERP is to basically interrupt that thought cycle where you have your obsession or fear, which causes anxiety, which causes you to do the compulsion, which temporarily relieves the anxiety, but then the anxiety comes back and you have the obsession, anxiety, and it all it's that vicious cycle that I talked about in the first episode. Within the therapy, you're seeking to interrupt that cycle by realizing that the anxiety that's coming from the stimulus is unfounded, which is called habituation. For example, a therapist might have their patient touch a doorknob and then their face, and the hope is that they'll realize that they're not going to get sick or whatever their obsession is or their worry it is not going to come true. And yes, I realize I'm kind of feeding into that stereotype of OCD being all about hand washing and germs, but that's kind of the easy example to understand. Now, you might be thinking, all right, this works well for tactile obsessions where they're worried about touching things or they need to keep things in order. But what about more uh, thought obsessed, like religious obsessions or 
worries of hurting someone. And with that, you kind of have to focus more on the thoughts and just being comfortable going through those thoughts and realizing that they won't happen. Exposure therapy can be really uncomfortable and it takes a lot of strength for someone with OCD to be able to go through with the therapy and follow through because it causes a lot of anxiety and it makes it worse at the time. But the hope and behind it is that you're not going to have that anxiety anymore, that it's going to get harder before it gets easier. Now, in the 70s and 80s, there was a form of exposure therapy done called flooding. Now, in the 70s and 80s, there was an exposure therapy technique called flooding. And it's similar to the idea of, if you need to teach a child to swim, throw them into the deep end and they'll figure it out. So you would have the patient enveloped in their most anxiety-inducing obsession. And the idea was that they would eventually calm down, their fight-or-flight system would slow and their anxiety would go away. The problem with this is that it's often too much too soon and it can cause the patient to regress, make their OCD worse, or even they decide not to continue therapy because it's just so traumatic. And just like with medication, with therapy, first of all, it's not a quick fix. It often takes time, but also not all therapies work for everyone. And this includes ERP. While it's often effective for most people, sometimes it just doesn't work. There was a study published in 2019 in the Indian Journal of Psychiatry that showed that it indeed was not always effective. And this could be due to the OCD being caused by PANDAS or a brain injury, such as I mentioned last episode, where the OCD didn't start from genetics or how the brain was structured. Another therapy that can be used that falls under CBT is dialectal behavioral therapy or DBT. And whereas CBT focuses on removing the anxiety, DBT is more about coping with the anxiety and learning mindfulness techniques. When people think of therapy, the most often therapy they think of is psychotherapy or talk therapy, where you talk and work out your problems. Um, But the problem is that psychotherapy focuses more on the insight into the thoughts and changing thought patterns, which doesn't necessarily work for OCD because you also have to take in the behavioral aspect. So psychotherapy is not as effective as CBT when dealing with OCD. It can be useful, though, when dealing with uh, some comorbid disorders that you might also have with OCD, such as depression. An important aspect of therapy is having a support system and that can determine whether therapy is effective or not. And often the biggest support system is family. But if you have a family member with OCD, it's important not to accommodate the behaviors that they have because this can often just make it more of a problem and enable the obsessions. So behaviors such as participating in the behavior where you wash your hands when they wash or you assist in avoidance which could just be as problematic where someone has something that upsets them and you help them to not have to deal with it another bad behavior is helping with their ocd so you do things that they don't want to because doing that thing would induce some anxiety 
also making changes in the family routine that accommodate their obsession needs, uh, taking on extra responsibilities that they could do themselves, making changes in your own leisure activities to accommodate them, and making changes at your job, giving up more time to take care of that family member. And like I said, these are problems because it enables the obsessions and the behaviors and it's not helping them to make a change and face the anxiety in order to get rid of the obsessions. Now, another behavior that can also be harmful, and this is one that I dealt with more with my family, is trying to fix the OCD yourself. This is hard for children because as a child, one, CBT doesn't really work because children don't understand the irrationality of their obsessions as much as an adult does. And so you have a child that doesn't understand what's going on with their OCD and you have a parent that doesn't understand what's going on. And as that parent, you try and fix it and it just causes more problems and more strife and unhappiness as a child. Really, the best thing that you can do if you have a family member with OCD is to encourage them to go get help. And really, this is only necessary if the OCD is causing a lot of problems in their life and making it more difficult or they don't realize how difficult they're making it for other people because you can live with OCD just fine if the symptoms are really mild. You can have little tendencies that you might do, but it doesn't really interfere with your life. You'll want to go see therapy when it's just a problem and even if it's just annoying having to deal with your obsessions and the compulsions that follow. Now, if you have a family member or a loved one, you can also go and get help for yourself. Go seek professional advice from a therapist uh, to deal with any frustrations you might be dealing with because frustrations on any end aren't going to help. You can also go attend a support group and get feedback on how to handle things and just relieve some of the emotions that you might be feeling. Because with any mental health disorder, the effects go beyond the person that has the disorder. It can affect family members, it can ex affect co-workers, friends, and having any pent-up feelings just isn't going to help anyone. Well, that's all for this episode. Hopefully, as always, I've educated you about something. You learn more about medications and different treatment options. If you have someone with OCD in your family, hopefully this helps give you an idea of how to help them. Like I said at the beginning, next episode, I'm going to still be talking about different treatment options, but I'm going to be going over more intense options when the OCD is really severe or there's other comorbid disorders that might also be interfering. Once again, the study I mentioned is going to be up on Twitter. Go ahead, give me a follow, send me a message, give me some feedback, or send me a topic you'd like me to cover. Thanks for listening to this episode, and thanks for sliding into my DX.